Ordering dog food. Ordering dog food. You can bark all you want. I'm not paying for any more dog food. Ordering gravy. Ordering sausages. Hey, you better cancel that order. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast... All the galaxies, all for you. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the IPC podcast, also known as the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. We're broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play and our friends over at Star Wars Underworld. And we are delighted that you're here with us listening. You're not literally here, but you may as well be. You're with us in spirit and you're listening, hopefully. And uh, yeah, we've got another awesome episode for you guys if you hadn't already guessed. This week, of course, the Super Bowl just happened, if you didn't already notice. I think everyone knows it, whether you watched it or not. I actually didn't watch it myself, but, you know, it just happens, and it's this phenomenon, and uh, people are still complaining about it because it's it was, like, the worst Super Bowl ever. I don't know. Apparently, according to some, it is. But we're not talking about that, the Super Bowl itself. We're talking about the commercials and the trailers and all the awesome stuff between the game and during the game that had really nothing to do with the game. So uh, we're going to talk about that, our, our favorite moments from those, and break some of those down and talk about them. But before we get into that, of course, introductions are in order. If you are new, my name is Ben, and joining me, as he always does, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach, what's going on? Uh, not a lot, man. I'm just excited to be here and uh, back for another episode. And honestly, this is usually one of my very favorite episodes of the year because it combines both of my favorite things, which is like movies and sci-fi and geekdom and all that sort of stuff and sports. I can usually like give some sort of commentary on the game or something like that, and, and it'll be like exciting. But like you said, this year just wasn't as exciting on just about all fronts. Like, in my personal opinion, uh, Super Bowl 53 had its moments, and then there were other times where it really didn't have its moments. And I'll be honest, I really went into this game with the intent to watch as many awesome commercials and trailers as I could, and I didn't feel like I got as many of those as I would have liked either. So I'm not saying it was a complete waste of my time. Obviously, we're on the show talking about it, but I think there are some elements that maybe, like we missed out on this year 
I, I wasn't as big a fan of the Maroon Five halftime show either. Just, uh, just that, <laughs> you and you and like everyone else yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah, it, it just like it misfired on a lot of different fronts, and uh, we we get to talk about that as well as some of the the bright spots that came from the evening, and maybe some speculation about some stuff that may still be on the horizon. That if we didn't get it for the Super Bowl, when might we get it? And uh, I'm just excited to talk about that, and I'm excited that we don't uh, have to talk about it alone. Yeah, indeed. And we have another guest with us. Not another guest. Uh, you just call a me guest. a guest? Call, I, 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 I didn't see, mean it that I way. I see how it is. This is your show, and I just happen to show up on occasion. Did you miss the part where I said joining me as always? Did you miss that part? I just remember vividly the part where you said we have another guest. Yeah, you snowflake. Come on, always man. Offended. I'm offended at um, We have our guest, Mr. Sean Giroux from the Fandom Cantina podcast and many others. How's it going, Sean? Uh, n- not bad, man. Uh, let's be honest here. While the Super Bowl was eh, the right result happened. I'm good with the result. Uh, I think if you're a Patriots fan, you're happy regardless. Amen. So I... no no arguments there. Our good friend Chris Eagle is very happy, as you, if you've if you've noticed. Um, yeah. but you know there's a lot of people that don't like the Patriots for some reason, and they're not happy. So <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have mixed feelings honestly because I'm one of those people that enjoys the competition of sport, and right. teams like the Patriots and the Golden State Warriors and whoever LeBron James ends up playing for, it just never feels like as much of a competition when those factors are at play. And so I, I'm happy that, that Tom Brady is continuing to make history. He is obviously a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. That, that is, that's, that's not my dispute by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just one of those people that I, I don't know if either of you watch NCAA March Madness, but that's probably my favorite way to determine a champion of all time because you've got so many different teams. You've got so much action going on in such a limited time span. You never know who's going to make noise. You never know who's going to make it to the championship until it happens. I, I think I just prefer that format over any other playoff format that we've got. Uh, maybe the College World Series or the actual MLB World Series comes close. But, uh, you know, the thing that I watch the Super Bowl for 99 times out of 100 is the commercials. Because we usually end up with some pretty awesome trailers before, during, after. We end up with some really hilarious commercials. The marketing teams from these different companies put in a whole lot of effort to, you know, make it like top quality, top notch. And, I mean, I can still see those efforts that they put in, but at the same time, I'm also thinking back to, like, when Doritos was really popular, and Mm -hmm. you had the kid that was, like, slapping the dude in the face, like, keep your hands off my mama, keep your hands off my Doritos. The best. We didn't have a commercial like that this year, though. There there wasn't, like, a knee-slapping, ball-busting, all-out guffaw this whole Super Bowl. Or or did I just miss it? I I don't think you did. I th- I I don't remember. I don't I don't. There was like really no commercials that I know of that were people were like talking about after the game. Like oh yeah, this is the one you need to watch. Like it was kind of kind of here and there, but you know 
I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's. I don't know how there are. I don't know how people are engaging with commercials nowadays. With the internet being as, you know, as is you know things just coming out and they're releasing the trailers early and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe this just isn't the spot to watch those types of trailers and stuff anymore. Like, maybe it's just becoming a trend where, you know, if you want to see something, it gets posted on Twitter, and then it gets posted on YouTube, like, a few minutes later, and, you know, it starts setting world records for most views on YouTube in 24 hours, that kind of thing. That's where a lot of it tends to happen nowadays. Broadcasting, as we know it, is just continuously shaping and evolving and i think this year is a prime example of that the super bowl in all honesty may in fact be on its way out as far as being the prime spot for releasing your advertisements either for your product or for your film yeah yeah it could be i don't know i don't know how i know ratings were down this year for the super bowl oh yeah in like a 10-year low so you know a lot of people and and admittedly i think there was some you know there was some yeah, yeah, some some certain sports fans were disgruntled over a certain team not getting into the Super Bowl because they felt they got robbed. I'll just I I think you all know uh-huh. who I'm talking about. Um, so there was some disgruntled. In fact, I was in New Orleans the day of the Super Bowl, and there was no everybody was out and about. No one was paying attention to the TV. So, um, yeah. So that's that's. I that. heard that some of those but, people were like rallying in the streets, protesting the game or something like there that. There was, I believe, in the French Quarter, there was a protest, a peaceful, you know, protest, but a protest nonetheless. So, uh, yeah, not happy. And there was also billboards <laughs> in Atlanta saying Saints got robbed. I'm like, y'all preach, y'all, y'all go ahead, because I, you watch that play, you can't argue with it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to debate sports though. I'm here to debate no. out of the trailers that we did get, which ones were like the most solid cuz we did get quite a few and we're going to talk about as many of them tonight as we can. We're going to start, you know, with with some of the some of the happier nostalgic pieces and then work our way up to the ones that are probably the most highly anticipated. Um, but we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine trailers that we're going to talk about tonight. Maybe some more briefly than others, and then we'll get into our, uh, our commercials. For those of you that follow the traditional IPC format, we're kind of foregoing the news segment because honestly, this kind of is the news. You know, this happened you know four or five days ago, and uh, these are like big elements that we wanted to talk about, and we want to dedicate as much time as we can to them. So let's just dive right in, fellas. Um, Sage, what um, what was your thought on the post game? trailer for uh for toy story 4 did you happen to catch it uh i did and okay so i really liked it i liked the way it was presented but i have a hard time calling it a trailer because it felt more like a commercial in my opinion yeah uh the way it was presented didn't really feel like a trailer that said when you haven't seen a toy story movie in how long has it been now four years close to it three years uh, something like that it's been longer while. than that i uh, think toy story 3 was in 2012 i don't think i've seen it till like 2014 though but yeah, oh, wow. it came out then, and yeah, uh, it no, it was uh, you got your nostalgia, you get uh, you get Woody and and Buzz. And holy crap, was it that long ago? Holy Toy Story three wow. came out June of twenty ten. Yowza! So you're looking at nine years then. Yeah, that's a heck. That's, that's, wow. a, that's a heck of a lot of nostalgia. I was only off by uh, you know a small six years. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
I, I liked it. It uh, It's not in my top five movies for this year, but it's uh, the date that it lands on uh, is perfect to go see it with my little guy. And uh, I'm excited. Did enough to make me go, yeah, I'm ready to go back to Toy Story. Wow, this place is amazing. Wasn't Buzz going to meet us here? He must be held up somewhere. Hey, up here, Astro Boy. If you think you can take our top prize spot, you're wrong. Dead wrong. Help me get out of here. I'll help you. With my foot. Wow. Yeah. How you like that, cheetah? Oh, oh, to infinity and my foot. Boom. <laughs> In the vacuum of space, they cannot hear you scream. The way that they presented Toy Story 3, it felt like it was enough. You know, it felt like Andy's story had come full circle and we're done telling that story. So why do we need another Toy Story? The answer, Kachinga. That that's the big answer, and I don't know why Toy Story continues to milk this teat the way Luke Skywalker did on the Last Jedi. But I guess as long as it keeps producing, you keep milking it. And I know that that's a really cynical opinion, and maybe it's just my nostalgia not wanting to taint the vision that I got of Toy Story three. Because in my opinion. Toy Story 3 was one of the best Pixar films made to date. And I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of the few animated films that I actually applauded at the end of the film. Like, I, I don't always do that for, for movies in general, but especially not animated films. But I vividly remember doing it for Toy Story 3. Um, so, you know, it, here's, here's the other thing that, that I mentioned on my Twitter feed when I first saw it. Did anyone else feel like the interaction between Woody and Bo Peep looked almost lifelike? Yeah, there. I mean, the animation. I mean, we're talking about a lot of years between even Toy Story three and now, especially and even more years between the first Toy Story and this. Oh one. yeah. Um. So the the animation has come up. Pixar keeps improving. You can see a general progression. I mean, you watch Incredibles versus Incredibles two, like that animation. Huge jump. Um, so, it does look great. And I think, and overall my, my impressions are, I think, I, I get like, oh, you know, you, you know they're, they're just making another one just to be making one. But like, they have waited a while. I'll give them credit. They ha I feel like if they were gonna, you know, quote unquote, milk this, I think we would have seen, we would be seeing like Toy Story 10 by now. <laughs> but they haven't. And, you know, and, and as much as I think like, that those first three are kind of a perfect trilogy. Like they obviously have a story to tell here, so I'm and, and seeing this this little teaser has me thinking, you know, hey, I, I'm actually into this. And I wasn't totally like on board with Toy Story Four. I'm like, you know, I kind of leave it at that. But seeing this, it looks great. You know, Bo Peep, Bo Peep is back. You know, you have Woody and Buzz. You know, it it, it brings back the nostalgia. And I think they're gonna do good. I think I'm just worried. I'm just wondering how are they gonna leave this one off because I feel like. They ended Toy Story 2 and 3 as kind of halfway definitive endings, especially 3. But I'm wondering, are they going to want to continue this? Are they going? Are they again saying, no, this is it, this is all of it? Or are we going to see Toy Story 5, 6, 7 down the road? I, I mean... I don't, oh, sorry, Zach. No, no, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, I don't want to get into, like, a, a huge thing about it, but, like, haven't we hit the point in time now where nothing's ever done for good if it has a chance of making dollars because I, no, I, I mean it is i no. i feel like you know they could say hey, toy story 4 is going to be it they could say we're not going to do another live ac action lion king after this one 
Uh, oh man, I couldn't imagine live action Lion King too. No, no, um, nothing. Oh, nothing oh, is. Oh, or a live. How about Lion King two and a half? Like Star oh, Wars Lion episode King. nine. It'll be the last of the episodic movies, right? Uh-huh. I mean, like, yeah, that. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we heard for Star Wars that it was? Oh, it's over. It's gone. And there's no more movies, and then there's more. Um, nothing is really sacred. Nothing is safe. And even Just, like. Like, with, like, Back to the Future. Like, you have Robert Zemeckis going, like, literally saying, over my dead body, you'll make, like, a fourth or a reboot of of Back to the Future. But, like, it could still happen. <laughs> Robert but, Zemeckis is not going to be around forever. It could happen at some point after he's gone. So, like, nothing is safe. You can you can count on some everything is going to be rebooted or sequelized or prequelized at some point. Nine times out of ten, the almighty dollar wins, in my opinion. I mean, even take a movie like the uh, the new Halloween that came out. I see YouTubers all the time going, don't make another one. That's a good way to end it. That's fine. It's like, they made $250 million off of $10 million. They're going to make another one. And as it's much as people... As much as people want to complain, and I, I don't, I, I know where they're coming from, and I, I agree with them. We need more original stuff, but you're going to see these movies. People love this kind of stuff. They love the franchise stuff. There's most the most successful stuff on the market right now are franchise movies, and they make tons of money. You cannot blame a studio or studios. For saying we're gonna make more of that because people love that. People love. We're gonna talk about a Fast and the Furious spinoff movie coming up, but like that that franchise makes oodles of money, and they're some of the biggest movies every year. Of course, they're gonna make tons of and them. As, like it just makes as sense. As much as it's a fandom decision, it's a business too, and you know the business decision's got to be there. Yeah, that's a that's a great business decision. You find something people like, make more of it. Yep, yep, it's very true. And and I don't. I'm not trying to sound like I, I'm hating on the Toy Story franchise. It's a part of my childhood. As Why do you hate as, Woody I mean, and Buzz? As, Why? As it is part of yours, Ben. Like, we've talked about these Toy Story movies before. You were, yeah. you were a Toy Story fan before you were a Star Wars fan, if I recall Heck my yeah. Benjamin Hart history yeah. correctly. Um, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I enjoy it. But at the same time, I watched um, Coco in the theaters. And it was one of my favorite movie theater experiences of all time. And I think part of it had to do with the unknown. You know, I didn't know these characters. I didn't know the story. I didn't know the music. I didn't know the animation style. I didn't know anything. And then I came away just completely dumbfounded and blown away. And I just don't think I'm going to get dumbfounded and blown away by Toy Story 4. Am I going to go see it? Yes. Am I going to enjoy it? Probably. Am I going to, you know, declare it one of the best Pixar movies of all time like I did with Coco? I don't know. I I doubt it. I I just, I think I'm in this phase where I prefer new and different and original over rehashing old material. I'm still going to go see Woody and Buzz. But, you know, I'm not really going for Key and Peele yelling out to infinity and my foot. Like, I do love that, though. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> that right me I didn't. We're going to have to disagree on that one, my friend. I did not care for that at all. <laughs> Does anyone really even know what the movie's about? The, like, the, the biggest hint I've gotten is um, 
Keanu Reeves is in it, and I think he's more or less playing a, a knockoff of his John Wick character. And there was a uh, a poster I seen of like him standing over like Slinky broken in half and stuff. Like, are we gonna have like the toys getting hunted down? Is that what's happening? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know. Like we get, we've been getting a lot of like carnival stuff. Like obviously that's what's in this teaser, and we got that. And then Bo Peep is back for some reason. We don't know. So I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of this. This teaser has me interested because I'm like, okay, where are they going with this? Because you had, as I get, you know, three was a pretty good ending, but at the same time, you could take it anywhere after that. So I mean, who knows? Who knows? It could be. I always felt that the original movies were kind of set maybe kind of in the, in the near past. Like, they were kind of, you know, not necessarily in the modern world. Maybe maybe this is in the future. Maybe this is years down the road, and they have different owners. They're between owners or whatever. They're hanging out this carnival. I don't know. Well, then there's also the, the very first teaser that came out with the Spoon Dude. I can't remember what his name is, but from what I was led to understand a good portion of the movie revolves around the little girl gluing eyeballs onto a, you know, those googly eyes onto a plastic spoon, and it becomes a quote-unquote toy and starts having an existential crisis. Yeah, I heard people debating about, like, how is this a toy? You you, you just, like, you, the whole rules of this universe of, like, toys come to life, but then you make a toy, and then it comes to life. Like, where does it stop? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that that could be an interesting addition to the the universe as a whole. You know, what what exactly qualifies as a toy and how do you bring life to these toys? Is the life just granted to them or do the people get to play God? And any time they create or, or build a toy or even if a little girl classifies a plastic spoon with googly eyes as a toy, just bam, it's suddenly given life. Like, that could be an interesting element to explore, but as far as the main plot is concerned, no, I don't think a whole lot has been revealed, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first, I'm watching the first teaser now, and it's it's about the spoon dude freaking out. So that that could be a really interesting and also a very hilarious plot element. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm, I'm still going to go see it. Uh, I just don't know if this... Super Bowl teaser slash trailer slash commercial, however you want to define it, was enough to like push me over the edge and say, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely seeing this." You know, there were well, see, it see, it did that for me. It put it 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 pushed my buttons enough to go, "Okay, I'm actually looking forward to this now," because I really wasn't up until this point. So, um, yeah, different different strokes for different folks. Uh, Sage, I guess you're the tiebreaker. Was it convincing enough for you, or was it just meh? Um, oh, okay, so I'm going to see the movie, uh, regardless, but the trailer did nothing more to get me excited. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that boat. I was already going to go see it, but this didn't, like, convince me any further. Uh, when does it come out again? It's in June, isn't it? June something. Or not I have anything. it right in front of me here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> at least I did. We, we all had... forgot. <laughs> It should be on June 4th. No, it's June 21st. See, I've got our calendar somewhere. IPC's got a movie calendar, but I didn't have it open. 
but yeah. Ah. June 21st is when this movie comes out. There's a lot of other movies coming out as well. What um, what were you surprised that you didn't see? I mean, obviously people have been clamoring for a Star Wars one. That one's kind of a given. I was surprised that we didn't get even a 30-second spot for MIB International. Yeah, that is interesting. I really, I really thought that we'd get something like that because, I mean, Chris Hemsworth... You know what? They, mm, I don't think the Liam Neeson comments happened until after the Super Bowl, did they? I think they're around the same time, but I don't, I don't think that would affect. Probably it. not, probably not. And we're not going to get into that tonight. That's a di- that's a different debate for another time. Uh, <laughs> speaking of different, though, th- there was a very different theme from from this year, and that that theme seemed to be. Uh, scary. <laughs> yep. Not scary. Scary AF. Not, not to not to put it too mildly, but we got commercials slash teasers for scary stories to tell in the dark, and we also got a Jordan Peele movie called Us, and then we also got a teaser for uh, a reboot of The Twilight Zone. So let, let's also by Jordan. Peele. Also by Jordan Peele, hosted. Yep. Um. So let's start with scary stories because it was actually like three 15 second teasers that were kind of spread out throughout the course of the super bowl what did you guys make of these because they're based on a book series aren't they that would make sense i don't know i, I believe that i believe the commercial said something like based on based on the iconic book series some, yep i just, something just like, saw something like that yeah based on the series but i haven't read the series so i didn't recognize any of these characters i bet the people who actually have read scary stories to tell in the dark have probably like recognized the little girl in the pink suit. All I thought of Levin, you know, but you know, I, I am intrigued, but if I'm being totally honest, that looks like something I'm in a red box. You know what I mean? That's something that I'm going to nope box. I'm going <laughs> to throw it in the note box and forget about it and never watch it ever. That's my take. That that last 15-second teaser of the girl that had the really big pimple on her cheek and then it looked like there was like some pus coming out of it. And then, oh, hell no. But then you look at it even closer and it's like, oh, that's not pus. There's something in there. <laughs> oh. Nope, 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 nope. Sean, what are your take? What is your take on this? Uh, well, this might not be as insightful as you guys might like, but uh, I seen it and I thought about it and I watched it again tonight just so I, I had it there in front of me, and uh, I thought to myself, "Wow, that's a waste of ten million dollars." <laughs> I don't know any other way to like. It did absolutely nothing for me. I just thought, hmm. I hope you guys make at least $10 million in the box office. If not, that was a big-time wasted ad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, putting putting that much advertising into your into your advertising budget, like spending it on the Super Bowl, you're Scary. hedging you're, you're you're sending you're hedging a lot of your bets on the Super Bowl actually getting enough people enticed to come watch it. And I don't know if it did that. I honestly don't. Um but at, at the same time, I know that there are people who are interested in those nuanced, uh, scary story films that, uh, you know, they may look at it and be like, oh, this is great. Or they go watch it and they're finally convinced, like, oh, this is a classic or whatever. I'm not one of those people, and I really don't know how to appeal to those types of people because I'm just like, oh, oh, 
Oh, like, mm mm, mm mm. That that made me cringe more than anything. And you know, I enjoy the occasional cringe factor when I'm in the right mood for it. But I don't think I ever get quite enough into a mood where I go and seek it out in the movie theaters. You know what I mean? If it if it pops up on Amazon Prime or if it pops up on Netflix or something like that, and I'm in the right mood, then yeah, maybe. That's how I watched Zombies for crying out loud. I just happened to be in a particular mood. It happened to be on Netflix. I happened to watch it. And it was so bad, it was good. Maybe that's what scary stories will turn out to be. I have no clue, but I do know for certain this trailer did nothing for me, and it did not entice me to go watch it in the theaters. Well, let's move on to the next one, because uh, this one intrigues me more, but it's, there's less to it. Yep. We've got The Twilight yep. Zone, which is the rebooted show series, I'm assuming. I don't know where it's coming to. It's CBS All Access. Oh, boy. Um, that again. So... CBS is rebooting The Twilight Zone. You've got Jordan Peele hosting it, who is just basically the king of horror now. Like, he's just proclaimed himself that. Like, he, he's the king. Which is so of, uh, weird, considering his background. It really is! It really is! He, you know, he, for so long, he was the funny guy. Key and Peele, these comedians. And who knew he had a dark side, man? Witness an empty space filled with thousands of screaming people. A man both nowhere and everywhere at the same time. Answers are new questions. The unthinkable is the expected. When truth is not the truth, what dimension are you even in? you I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it's cbs all access mostly because i as a principal and uh as as a poor person am not ready to uh to to make the leap and, and buy all access however if i hear good reviews about the twilight zone and if discovery is renewed for another two seasons or whatever and if this uh, this Picard Star Trek series turns out to be really, really well cast and like really well reviewed, then I might jump on board. But hopefully by then I've got a more consistent income. <laughs> but it, it, it's it, it's taking like a culmination of these different things to get me interested in CBS All Access. I have had no interest in it whatsoever, uh, even with Discovery. But if I've got Discovery, Picard, and the Twilight Zone to watch, then maybe. But Twilight Zone on its own, Discovery on its own, even the Picard series on its own is not enough to get me to buy the all-access. So I'm curious, but I'm also going to bide my time. Yeah. Uh, for me, the teaser didn't do, uh, if you can even call it that, uh, a whole lot for me. However... Uh, all you need is Jordan Peele's name attached. Uh, two words, get out. If you haven't seen that movie, you need to drop what you're doing. Well, listen to the end of this podcast and then <laughs> and then watch Get Out. Because... Or hit pause and then come back to this time index and resume it. It's like, did you watch it? Good. Now that we can movie continue. Is so well made. And he's the mastermind behind it. 
and just to know that he has his hands all over this Twilight or Twilight Zone series now. Uh, I'm with Zach. I probably won't be buying uh, an additional TV subscription to see it. Um, but, you know, you get Jordan Peele attached to it. Uh, I believe he's producing on it. Um, I don't know if I have that right in front of me here. I think he's hosting. He's hosting, but I also he, believe he's definitely he's a hosting. But on he it. may be he may be like a creative consultant, like Neil yeah, deGrasse he's Tyson. A, he's an executive producer on it too. That makes sense. That would make sense. Yeah. I remember watching. Peele, I'm game. I, I remember watching certain episodes of The Twilight Zone, and uh, it honestly felt like a precursor to Black Mirror. So this may be CBS's answer to Black Mirror: bring back The Twilight Zone, tell certain supernatural elemented stories that are just super far out there and have Jordan Peele host these scary events and, you know, narrate them or what have you. But, you know, I, it, it really feels like, like CBS is trying to counterpoint black mirror. And I have a hard time sitting through certain black mirror episodes to be completely honest. Uh, I watched the star Trek parody one, which was really interesting and I watched like the first three or four episodes of the first season, just trying to get into it. And I had a hard time getting into it. <laughs> so um, if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm subscribed to Netflix and not watching their supernatural weirded out stuff, I don't know if I'm going to like go out of my way to subscribe to another one. But like you said, Sage with Peel's name attached to it, it's bound to be pretty interesting, pretty high quality. I'm just going to wait and see what the reviews are before I try and seek it out myself. It should be interesting. I'm just looking forward to, you know, on top of Jordan Peele, just seeing a, a a more modern take on Twilight Zone. Because that show is, you watch the old show, it's it's great. Like, it's genuinely, like, even now it's great. It can be creepy. So, oh, I yeah, remember, hell yeah, it can. I remember one episode, like, this is the one episode that stands out to me of the original Twilight series was... This world of people that are trying to like perform surgery on this lady, and they do all these cutscenes away from her uh, until like the very, very end of the episode. Like everything is shot from the nurse's perspective, the visitor's perspective, the doctor's perspective. You're looking at them, and they're all talking about how horribly hideous this woman is because of her accident. And they're trying to do everything they can to like fix her and make her look beautiful again. And everybody in the series, it's set in like this universe where everybody has pig-like faces. And you're looking at these pig-faced people and they're talking about how hideously disfigured this woman is. And you're like, wow, you guys are pretty damn ugly and you're calling her ugly? I don't even want to see what she looks like. And then at the very end of the episode, it cuts to this horribly disfigured, horrific-looking woman, and by human standards, she looks freaking gorgeous. And it was like this really interesting social commentary on perspectives of beauty. And, you know, that was just so long ago, but it still resonates today. You know, standards of beauty are very, very subjective, and it's not fair for society to dictate what beauty looks like. And so to make those kinds of commentaries is very similar to the kinds of commentaries that Black Mirror makes, the social commentaries that they make. And that's why I feel like this Twilight Zone reboot is going to be in a similar vein, is those types of things need to be expressed, 
but they're going to be told in a very nuanced and different and creative light, very similar to what Black Mirror did. Yeah, and, and you know, coming from Jordan Peele, who did Get Out, Get Out was a very um, relevant film. Um, so, you know, from what I've heard, I actually haven't seen it yet, but I, I want to, and I think he's the type of guy that will take those, hopefully, you know, can steer it in that direction of, doing some new interesting things that are relevant and some have some good social commentary because we need that. Mark well, me and... down as someone who's like having a massive sigh of relief here because I just heard Zach say Twilight Zone that time. But the first time he said Twilight series and I was waiting for him to bust out the Edward Cullen and uh, and and Bella stuff and I was going to be like we are talking about two different things here. Did I actually say that? I apologize. <laughs> Completely unintentional. No. That that's could honestly, you imagine honestly, Twilight, the TV series with Jordan if, Peele? Ugh, <laughs> no. No, I do not want that. And honestly, this is probably only the second or third time that series has ever been mentioned intentionally on this Apologize. show. We we do not <laughs> speak of that on this uh, show. Oh, excuse me. Let me you. add it to my notes. I'm adding a new note each time I'm on here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like make any personal bashes. It's just, out of everything that I've ever seen, I would rather sit through a Zombies trilogy than the oh, Twilight God. trilogy. Oh God! <laughs> Give me three, three of the Zombies movies to have like a drinking game to before I will watch the Twilight series. I don't know if I can endure one of those movies again. <laughs> I hope. All right, so I, moving I on. They make a sequel. Just putting that out there. <laughs> so next up, we have Us, also by Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. and it's his next film. You've got Lupita Nyong'o. You've got Winston Duke from uh, from Black Panther fame and and other things. Um, and there's it's it's also creepy AF. It's uh, yeah. it's it's there's a lot of stuff going yeah, on. There's they're a normal family, and then there's and then, a, then they're not a normal alternate family. version of themselves. Like I kept hearing us, like like I'm like, what does that mean? Like as a title, and then you watch the show, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of messes with the with the perspective of doppelgangers and alter egos and things like that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you also keep wondering about, like, what would happen if you truly let out your dark side? And I think this might be able to explore both of those things. So I'm definitely more intrigued by this than I am either Scary Stories or The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Us reminds uh, me of what, Get what, Out what, what, a lot. Does it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me because, I mean, like we were saying with the Toy Story franchise, if you know that this is working for you, then try and make something along a similar vein, you know? Is this a Netflix movie or is this going to theaters? Because if this, if this is a going to the cinemas, I might go see it. I thought it looked that good. From I think it's... Well, I, don't, I don't know for sure. I didn't see a Netflix logo attached to the teaser. So I'm assuming no. I'm assuming it's going to the theaters. I think it is too. Which brings up an interesting point because 
there were actually quite a few decent movies that were direct to Netflix uh, or Netflix originals last year. Um, Bird Box probably being the most notable one, but I enjoyed the Christmas Christmas right. Chronicles as well. Uh, Kurt Russell was actually a, a really different, unique uh, Santa Claus. So um, if, if there is something that's in this vein that's like direct to Netflix, I am on board with that as well. Because Netflix productions have increasingly gotten better over the last couple of years, in my opinion. Yeah, they're they're putting out some some quality stuff. You know, all the streaming services are. It's just you know trying to uh, <laughs> having to just subscribe to them all uh, and, and, and having trying to watch. Them I all, will respectfully you know? disagree on that. I think Netflix is taking point uh, when when you're looking at. Uh, okay, so I will I will concede Handmaid's Tale. On Hulu, and I will I'll concede the Marvels Ms. Maisel on uh, Amazon, but that's about it. That I I am not a fan of where they've taken the Man in the High Castle. I'm not a fan of where Hulu has taken Runaways. It's just I, it, it doesn't feel like it's built any consistency. Out of all the different streaming services, I think Netflix has it down better than anyone. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. I think Netflix definitely has still managed to stay ahead with the original content. Uh, before we move on here on Us, uh, Jordan Peele was asked if uh, Us is a loose sequel to Get Out, and uh, for what it's worth, he refused to answer the question. So, Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. People, uh, people had no speculations about split and then it ended up having a really interesting twist and surprise that put it into the unbreakable universe and so uh who knows maybe there's a twist at the end even even if it's not like explicitly stated that it's a sequel you're gonna have people like every movie jordan peele makes is gonna be like well this one fits with this one there's gonna be the jordan peele theories of how they all fit together so you know that's just gonna happen regardless yep but uh, let's switch gears a little bit to something completely different again. Are we going completely different? Because I do have a, a vein, a, a train of thought that I think we can follow up to uh, to us with, potentially. By all means. By all um, means, if you want to go that way. So, so this, uh, this, this is just like one particular hot take that I'm going to deliver this evening. Uh, Ooh, hot yeah, it, it's time. It's time for a hot take. It's about time. I mean, I don't think anything that I have that I have said so far is 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 particularly a hot take. But uh, have have I, I'm assuming you have because you have to do some preparation for the program. But what were you guys' thoughts on the teaser for the Super Bowl and then just the trailers in general for Alita Battle Angel? I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. There are watchers all over the city. Destroy the girl called Alita. I uh, had never heard of it. I was sitting in a pub with like a hundred people and my eyes got locked on the TV. I have no idea what it's about, but I can absolutely say this. Uh, what they presented looked fantastic. And from what I understand, the motion capture uh, done in this movie is some next level stuff. So I, I have heard that. Uh, I, I have heard that, but I've heard some other disturbing things as well. Ben, what's your take on it? Um, I saw the first trailer. I'm like, don't care, not going to watch this. <laughs> and then I saw this trailer. I'm like, mm, don't care, not going to watch this. And that's my take. <laughs> so 
I'm actually kind of somewhere in between. Um, because you're right, the motion capture that they put in here looks very next level. And uh, Mahershala Ali from uh, Luke Cage fame, he played Cottonmouth Stokes on Luke Cage, is the primary antagonist in this film. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, however, I have read multiple reports from different places that uh, this movie is not being very well received by international critics and their advertising has not gone to the proper demographics or it hasn't been received well by the proper demographics and it is actually expected to lose over a hundred million at the box office projection projections mm. indicate between a hundred to two hundred million um underperforming from what they're expecting to get yeah that's sad i mean e even though i don't give a crap about this movie <laughs> I, I would hope it would do well um and m m you know masari ali i think that that was one thing they did make make me perk up like oh man that guy's great actor. i i enjoyed and... i enjoyed him as as cottonmouth stokes and don't get me wrong i enjoyed um the stuff that i have seen rosa salazar in but here comes my hot take. Um, I project that the Rosa Salazar we got in Bird Box is going to be better than the Rosa Salazar we get in Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, who knows? That, yeah. That, is, that is one of my hot takes for the evening. She didn't even make it through like the first hour or hour 15 of Bird Box. She ended up, uh, I'm not going to try and give away too many spoilers, but she ended up escaping to a supermarket with her boyfriend, and they just basically lived out the rest of their days in the supermarket. Uh, okay. Uh, and she she was training to be a cop, and so she had, like, this police training background, and she was trying to be, like, a badass and that kind of thing. So, I mean, she's got an intimidating presence for such a small woman. She really does. But... I just, from what I have seen from the direction, from what I've seen of the writing, at least from the trailers that I've seen, it feels very stocky. The writing does, anyways. And the only reason this movie is going to be number one this weekend is because nothing else has the cajones to open up on Valentine's Day. Let me just clarify, just because I thought it looked good doesn't mean I'm going to see this thing in, in cinema. It's not happening. <laughs> um, but it also makes you scratch your head and wonder, oh, my God, the money they just paid for that Super Bowl ad, which yeah. is not included in the normal production budget. That's a whole other budget yep. advertising. Yeah. Uh, I feel like companies just be like, okay, yeah, let's throw $150 million at this movie or let's throw $200 million at this movie. And some properties are fine with that, but not every property has to cost that much money and i'm not surprised it's going to lose a ton of money i uh, it's a it's unfortunate it it, it's very unfortunate but it's the unfortunate reality of this this business is some things you you pitch a lot of money for it and you hope it works out other things you're kind of holding back and seeing what happens and either way you could end up losing money i feel like solo under advertised and it still lost money. And I feel like Alita's doing the exact opposite. They are over-advertising, and they're going to lose money. 
So speaking of solo, I saw like a, a trailer for Alita in front of every single time I saw yeah, Solo. I remember that. Like that, that and then they I mean they're still pushing it. I mean the movie's been out and you can't blame them, but it just it's not working. They yeah, they you're right. They've been pushing it since May of last year and that push has not given them a whole lot of headway. And I feel like this trailer out of everything that I got from this, you know, it's supposed to be like one of those things that grabbed your attention like like you mentioned, Sage. You're you're sitting around with a whole bunch of people and this pops up on the screen, it, it grabs your eye, it grabs your attention. Yes, absolutely. But I don't feel like it grabbed me enough to actually, like, pull me in enough to buy a ticket. I'll, I'll and, go one further. Is I, I bet you Happy Death Day two, which cost nine million dollars to make, beats whatever amount of money that uh, these guys put into this movie on opening weekend. I don't think it'll be number one. Man, that now that that's a I, I would I would call that a lukewarm take because. <laughs> Happy Death Day 2 is actually something that the the Happy Death Day people are looking forward to. So that's kind of like a got like a bit of a cult following that may actually have a pretty decent turnout. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But what's interesting is everything that we've talked about so far as outside of Toy Story 4, everything that we've mentioned we're like, yeah, I'm not getting the CBS all access for it. Yeah, I'm not going to the theater for it. Is there anything that we're actually looking at and potentially saying, "Hey, what I have seen or, or what I saw during the Super Bowl was enough to make me think, yeah, I might actually go see this. Uh, I'll tell you this. I was pleasantly surprised, and I know we're going a different direction from Alita Battle Angel, but I was actually pleasantly surprised by what we got from this, this trailer for Wonder Park. Good morning, June Bailey. Operation Wonder Park is a go. Couldn't be done, but behold! Who said it couldn't be done? They. Who's they? It's just an expression. Don't bust me on a technicality. Break, break, break! Uh-oh. I never want you to stop using your imagination, but without wrecking the neighborhood. Do you ever feel like Wonder Park is real? Of course it could be. You can create anything you imagine. It, yeah. It's it's very different. It's very out there. And it's from Paramount and Nickelodeon Productions, which I really wasn't expecting the two of them to like really work together. But I guess Paramount owns Nickelodeon, so I shouldn't be too surprised by that. Um, but overall, I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking, who came up with this, for one thing? Who came up with this? And then how, in the flip... Did they come up with enough money to get a two-minute spot before the Super Bowl? Like, did Paramount not put money into anything else, and this is all that they invested their money in? Because a two-minute spot, even before the Super Bowl, is still hella expensive. See, I didn't see this uh, this spot before the Super Bowl. Uh, so when I'm, when I was looking at the notes, I was quickly going through the trailers and then it popped up I'm like, oh, that's the trailer that Jade and I seen before Bumblebee. And I have to tell you, when we went to see that movie, uh, that was the best trailer they showed. I was completely blown away by that trailer. I had never heard of it. I knew no information on it, but the, the premise of, uh, how it gets back to, uh, uh, the family premise and the mom having the, uh, the toys or the stuffed animal. And it turns out they end up being real. Uh, I, I just, I loved it. It, 
I'm stoked to go see this movie. And it's it's I can't really give credit to the Super Bowl ad because I didn't see it. But the very first time I did see anything attached to this movie, I was blown away. Now, for me, I'm I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. Uh Uh-oh. This trailer did nothing for me. That's so (laughs) weird. We haven't gotten one consensus yet tonight. We might might towards the end of our discussion, but that's just so weird. Like, we get two out of three, and then the other one's like, eh. (laughs) I love it. I'll tell tell you this, though. It's a great thing about movies. the, The animation style... I, I was telling this to Ben before the show started, before we started the, this podcast episode. It reminded me a lot of the animation style from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The the way that the character's eyes and, and body figures are designed, the the uh, there, there was like a hint of a sparkle at Wonder Park that reminded me of some of the, the sparkle after effects that they used in the background of Cloudy with a Chance, like the original Cloudy with a Chance. And then we find out that Clyde with a Chance is produced by someone completely different. So, you know, it's it's like a completely original story. And I think that's what intrigues me, is it's not really connected to any famous franchise like Pixar or Illumination or DreamWorks or what have you. So there's really no standard to hold it to. You can just go in and watch it for what it is and explore somebody else's imagination for a little bit. Like that's basically what I got. That's the vibe that I got from this film or or at least from from the from the trailer was you're getting to explore this little girl's imagination. You're getting to explore childlike wonder for a little bit. And you get to do it from the perspective of an abandoned theme park, which is completely original. I haven't seen anything like that in movies whether live action or animation. It's it's not anything that's really ever been done. And so it's both imaginative and creative and original. And then listen to this cast. Like, it's actually a pretty decent cast, too. You're going to have Jennifer Garner in this movie. You're going to have Kenan Thompson, Mila Kunis, John Oliver, Ken Jeong. Uh, and uh, Matthew Broderick's going to be voicing the dad in this movie. And then you got longtime uh, animation guru Kath Susie is going to be uh, an extra voice in this movie. So, you know, you, you've got live action actors, you've got animation voice actors, you've, you've got practically no expectations whatsoever other than just go watch it. And honestly, out of everything that we've talked about so far, watching Wonder Park for the first time was that one so far that has made me go, yeah, I might actually be convinced now to go see that in theaters. Yeah, this is a movie that, I mean, it, it looks fine to me. It's just like, I'm just not interested. It, it would have to be like people coming back going, oh, this is the best thing ever. Then I would go watch yeah. it. Otherwise. Yeah, I mean. But I, I, agree, I agree with you that like the concept is like interesting, especially when we have a lot of like just insane like especially animated movies these days yeah that are just seem ridiculous whereas this one seems kind of in the ballpark of oh this is you know this is your this is pretty good and you know it's it's a it's a it's a you know original concept and also it looks like it could be could be good yeah i mean i really was not super sold on into the spider-verse until it got rave reviews 
I mean either. So maybe this is one film where it actually gets good reviews and it's enough to convince some other people to go check it out. Uh, I feel like I'm already convinced if I can if I can get somebody to go watch it with me. I don't think I'm going to be that guy that's like 25 years old and going to watch a family movie all by himself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not going to be that guy because quote unquote family movies are also like quote unquote kids movies. And I don't want people thinking I'm like a stalker or a pervert or something. So uh, Wonder Park is definitely one that I'm going to have to see with somebody, maybe a friend, maybe a date, maybe a family member. I don't know. But if I can get somebody to go watch it with me, I think I might try this. Definitely not opening weekend, but I might try it. Yeah, it's not going to be like Toy Story 4 where there's going to be a lot of adults in there. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. It, Toy Story 4 is going to have those long-time Pixar fans that have been watching it since the early 90s. You know, we were talking about how there's like a nine-year gap between Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. Um, that's kind of disturbing for me <laughs> just because I was getting ready to go to college about the same time that that movie came out. And that's why it resonated so well with me, because it was like a coming-of-age story for Andy, and it also felt like a coming-of-age story for me, personally. Like, uh, I, was, mm -hmm. I, was, I was getting ready to take dual-credit classes in high school. So I was going to be doing high school stuff and college stuff, like, simultaneously, pretty much like that fall semester or something like that. So I was right on the verge of starting my college career when Andy left for college. And so to look back and think, oh, man, Toy Story 3 was like nine, almost 10 years ago. I don't think back to 2010 when somebody says nine or 10 years ago. When I'm thinking nine or 10 years ago, I'm still thinking the late 90s <laughs> or the early or the Same. early to mid 2000s, like like 2005 or something like that. That's 14 years ago. But I remember what I was doing in 2005. And so, like, this this time difference that we're going through as we get older, it's really creeping me out, man, because, like, I really didn't – it it made my jaw drop when I realized that three and four are going to be nine years apart. That's just crazy to me. It is. It's nuts. And I don't know. Maybe maybe in a few years we'll be talking about, uh, you know, a Wonder Park 3. Uh, I don't know about that. We didn't even get a Barnyard 2. We did get a Barnyard TV series, but uh, in my opinion, the best movie Nickelodeon's ever put forth was Barnyard. And even then, I've got some qualms with it. But that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a different conversation, probably best saved for uh, an episode of RIPC, because I've got some very hot takes about Barnyard that I'm not going to express right now, because we got other things to talk about. Uh, most notably, you mentioned it earlier in the show, Ben, this Fast and the Furious franchise is mm -hmm. looking into spinoffs. And uh, the first one they're trying out is Hobbs and Shaw. You have to work together. No way. This job requires stealth. I'm trying to save the world, which, for the record, will be my fourth time. Because I'm really good at it. I'll admit, I wasn't sure what to think of it the first time I watched it, but then I watched it like a second and a third time, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm actually fairly interested. Let's see what you've got. 
But here's the thing. Did, did, I have not watched very many of the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm looking at I'm either. looking at this purely from a cast perspective. You've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing opposite Jason Statham. Yeah, I'm interested in that just for that alone. You could put those two guys in just about any movie and I'd want to see what happens. Sean, have you seen much of the of the Fast and the Furious movies? Uh I have seen I don't know if I've seen the newest one or not. Is the is the newest one where they CGI'd Paul Walker? It might be. Anyway, I've seen most of them. Um, and so when it comes to this teaser, let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas probably has the biggest phone book in the United States, right? Phone book? What the hell is a phone book? Uh, oh, God, I'm really <laughs> dating myself here. <laughs> He's just if I need, messing If I need to you. call somebody, I just Googled their name. <laughs> And their oh, phone right. well, no, I look at the digital phone book on the internet. So, so, so let's say physical phone books still exist. If I could take a Texas-sized phone book and hit myself in the head as many times as possible after watching that trailer, I would. I have absolutely no interest in <laughs> seeing these guys continue down the path that they are. But like we discussed earlier... If it's going to make tons of money, and in this franchise's case, billions, it seems like, with each movie, uh, it's something that I'm going to have to endure. And since it has Jason Statham, uh, I'm pretty sure the woman in the next room is going to make me endure it. So, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, yeah. hey, I'm I don't I don't float both ways, but even even I got to admit Jason Statham's a nice piece of meat. That's why they chose him for the Meg because he Hot was take. he big, can't act. He was just a uh, dude. Have you seen the Meg though? Love the Meg, not because of him though. Dude, dude, <laughs> I enjoyed everything about the Meg. That was that and Aquaman were like the two surprise movies of 2018 for me. And like when he started like swimming out to the Meg to to shoot the tracker onto it and he was singing just keep swimming just keep swimming i was like oh my god a pixar tie-in i love it <laughs> like i oh, i do geez. i do enjoy that guy and when when he was wasn't it statham that chose to, to take the elevator when the rock was trying to do it the hard way going down the building yeah like yeah the, the rock dropped like like a rock. like that that little tiny fake salute that he gives him as he passes him in the elevator i was like oh usob that's hilarious so i don't know if it's something i'm gonna see in theaters but considering that i hadn't even heard that the fast and the furious was making hobbs and shaw until i watched it on the super bowl it was a pleasant surprise. It was a pleasant break in the action. It was actually one of my more favorite commercials. Doesn't mean it's going to be one of my more favorite movies, but it was definitely one of my more favorite commercials. I enjoyed the comedic aspect. I enjoyed seeing Statham and The Rock playing off of each other. It made me curious for what they were going to do. It made me want to see like a full-fledged trailer, which I haven't seen yet. But you know, considering what a rough Super Bowl we had, that one wasn't as bad as some of the other stuff that we watched. I'll put it that way. I agree. I'm not like I'm not super interested in the Fast and Furious franchise. I don't think I've seen any of the films, but I've heard a lot of good things, so I, I wanna catch up one day. Maybe maybe we'll do that on this show at some point. Um but like it was a great teaser and it really it got me interested. Plus I'm admittedly I'm a sucker for a dumb action movie any dumb action movie. And this looks like a 
maybe not so dumb action movie. I don't know. It's got Idris Elba in it. Who, yeah, I'm, I would go for just for him. Um, it's got Vanessa Kirby, who was in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. She was good in that. So, uh, uh, yeah, the cast is good. And I just love the fact that it's called Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. And I'm like, why didn't you call it Hobbs and Shaw, a Fast and Furious story? <laughs> Different franchise, isn't it? Just a little, just just a just a, just a just a little different, but uh, I'm I, I'm with you, Sean. It's not something that I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch it first thing it comes out. But it's another one of those that's like, okay, that was a nice respite from a lot of the sentimental commercials that we got this year. Like, oh my goodness, there were so many tributes to first responders there were so many uh tributes to to family and military and things like that like they were really overselling the idea of like pushing like respect for authority and pushing for equality and that kind of thing because it was said in atlanta because of martin luther king because of colin kaepernick like they had all these other things that they were like really trying to overcompensate for and in my opinion it ended up affecting a lot of the comedic elements that you usually get from the Super Bowl commercials. So to me, just that zaniness and craziness for a few seconds was a nice respite. True. True. I agree. Okay. Are we ever going to get a consensus out of these things though? <laughs> no. No. Oh my gosh. We've, one. we've talked about what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've got two more to go before we discuss like our favorite ad, like the full ads and commercials. And these last two come from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're the ones that people are probably the most hyped for. Uh, let's talk about the movie that's coming out exactly one month from today. Wow. It is February the 8th, and this movie comes out March the 8th. My dad has expressed interest in seeing it for his birthday, which I'm really excited about. I actually have, like, a, a movie. I have an option to, like, you know, get this guy a, a birthday gift that's practical and a memory maker and all that kind of thing. So... I'm excited about that. Uh, Captain Marvel with Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg and company. Uh, another teaser came our way, a very action-heavy teaser, uh, something that continued to show off Brie Larson's prowess and get us a little bit more hyped for this film. About to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. Yes, Try to keep up. What was you guys' take? Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, so I'm excited for Captain Marvel, and I've been excited for a long time for Captain Marvel. And every trailer I see for this movie, I get a little less excited about it. And this was no different. Not trying to be a party pooper, but in comparison to the next trailer we're about to talk, or teaser we're about to talk about, uh, this did nothing for me to get me any more excited for this movie. I still think the movie could end up being great, but uh, this did nothing to add to it. Not for me, anyway. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not... I, I too, am excited for Captain Marvel. I'll see it as soon as I can. 
when it comes out. I've been I'm always on board with anything in the MCU, but like there's two trailers on this list. One was the Toy Story 4 trailer where as soon as they came out that night, I was watching them like over and over again. Um this one came out and I was like I'm not interested. <laughs> and I didn't watch it until today as of recording this. So that just shows like I I want to see the movie and I'm just not interested in any of the trailers. This is a pretty good teaser. It really is. Honestly, there's one floating around today online that I've seen a couple times. It's better than this, to be honest. Um, and so, I don't know. Was something about the trailers. I really like the first trailer for Captain Marvel and all the other ones are just kind of, eh, just kind of mad to me. I, they really haven't done a whole lot for me. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I want to see the movie, and I, I, I'm tired of seeing trailers. And they're, they're, you know, we're just getting into the thick of it of every time you scroll down Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, turn on the TV, whatever, there's ads everywhere for this movie. So are they overselling it then, in your opinion? I mean, maybe, maybe. They're, they're definitely, they've, the, the market's definitely crowded with, you know, everybody knows about Captain Marvel, I think. But, you know, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be successful. <laughs> like, it, it's not like it's not, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're overselling it or not, but at the same time, you know, I feel like some, some of these things sell themselves. I feel like maybe, maybe they are overdoing it a bit. I'm just going back through it one more time, and and I think I'm I'm in a similar vein with you guys that nothing there, there wasn't a whole lot of new that we got from this for one thing, it was it, it looked like a lot of of rehashed material. Um, for some reason, I thought the spot that we got was the one where they're on the train fighting. Was that a different one? Is that the one that you're referring to? Are you talking about the clip? Was that an actual clip? I thought it was just a teaser. No, there was they they released a clip of her. She's on top of the train, and then there's a scroll she's chasing, and then Coulson and, and Nick Fury are in the car below her. Yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, that's a clip that they released like last week. Okay. Yeah, it's a good clip. I, good clip. I, I think but, I think I preferred. Yeah. I think I would have preferred thirty seconds of that over what we got in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I don't know the 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 shots that they use. And no, I'm not one of these knuckleheads online. Go, she needs to smile more. No, okay. Oh wow. <laughs> get, 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 is that get, a thing? Get, get real. That is oh, a thing, God. unfortunately. Um, they they think male heroes, no big deal. They can brood all they want, but female heroes, they gotta smile more. No, just get rid of that. But like. I, I will say, she doesn't appear to have all, you know, she's not, like, winning me over as, she, like, I think Brie Larson should. But, like, there was a one teaser in here, like, she has some good banter with someone else, and every, Nick, all the Nick Fury stuff looks really cool with her and Nick Fury, so, well, you know, the, I don't know. Well, the two it's, of them have an acting repertoire, lest we forget. Oh, they, really? They both appeared together in Kong Skull Island a couple of years ago. Oh, you're right. I forgot all about that. Oh, along with Tom Hiddleston. Uh, yep, yep, indeed. I forgot all about Dude, that. Dude, wow. I'm never going to forget the time that I went to go see Kong Skull Island at my local theater. That's the time that I gave a whole bunch of sarcastic hot takes during the trailers and got the entire crowd laughing along with me. It was amazing. Wow, that sounds amazing. I still haven't seen that movie. I it's a decent movie. It's it's a decent movie. It's probably one of the better ones from the monster universe, in my opinion, just because it's here. Here's here's what I said about it when I when I first came out of that movie. Kong Skull Island is what I wanted Jurassic Park three to be. 
Mm. It, it, it had a lot of monster elements on a secluded, deserted island with a lot of people in peril and weapons that were fairly useless against the giants. Things that I would have liked to have seen get utilized in Jurassic Park 3 and didn't. Um, a lot of that was stuff that, that they included in Kong Skull Island. So that was that was a good element. That was a good thing about it. But it wasn't like the best movie of the year. But I did I did enjoy it. Uh, that was back when the Fast and the Furious 8 trailer was still roaming around the theaters. And they just had the F8 as the hashtag. F and then the number 8. Um, <laughs> I'm just going back through some of the, the punchlines and jokes that I said from that movie. At the end of the of the Fate trailer, um, there's a whole bunch of cars and explosions and stuff like that. So when it finally cuts to the release date, I just called out, I hope you're insured. And then, um, oh, gosh. do you remember the the Eminem commercial where it looks like an action movie and they're trying to like break each other out of the chains and stuff, and then the cell phone goes off and it's like, really, you can't silence your phone for this important part of the film? And then it it cuts away, and I'm like, wait, when does that one come out? Wow. People were laughing after that, and I was like, okay, I've got a fun crowd going on. Let's let's see what else I can do. Um, when it came time for the feature presentation, I yelled out, this better be worth the $15 because <laughs> it was in 3d. It was the only showing I could go to. And then this person like four rows in front of me turned around and yelled back. It is. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't well, know if it was worth the 15. I probably would have paid like 10 for it, but it was still a decent film. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Well, okay. We got one more. Yeah. The, the creme de la creme, the piece de resistance, the, the, well, I hope everyone with agrees with me on this one, but I have to say, the teaser for Avengers Endgame shocked the heck out of me. Some people move on, but not us. Honestly, I wasn't expecting to be this good. I think I here's my hot take for the night. I think this teaser is better than the end game trailer. Oh man, I mm, I don't know if I can disagree with that because I wasn't a fan of the end game trailer. I liked the trailer, but there was so much good stuff in this teaser, even though it was what, you know, thirty seconds long. But yeah. Well, but they were able to put a lot into thirty seconds. Like, if you take a look at the screen grabs, just scrolling through the YouTube video, there's a lot of really, really interesting screen caps that you can get from this. And Well, like, real, real quick, I'll just run through a few things here, um, and we'll get, get, you, get you guys' take. But, like, you're seeing, you know, first off, you're seeing, well, the, the first thing you see is, like, the run-through of all the characters that are dead. <laughs> In the uh, in the universe now, you got Wasp and and you know and Black Panther and all of them Vision, and then it goes through and shows you deserted New York City, and we're getting like the fallout of you know what happened and you know people's reaction to it, and then you have that poster. Where do we go now that they're gone? So like, it's happened. Like th we're far enough along after the snap that, like, they've made posters and there's, like, you know, support groups and stuff. 
and you've got Cap, who's not looking happy, and they're seeing something come out of the sky, and you've got Rocket in his original comic costume, um, comic-accurate costume. So many good stuff in this. Sean, what, what did you make of the trailer? Have you guys ever seen the the Left Behind movies or read the books? Say, uh, I've seen Are the you books. talking about the Nicolas Cage version? Uh Okay, so it's been over a decade since I've seen any of the original ones, uh, but the Nicolas Cage one's probably the most popular to the public eye. Uh, definitely not the best, though. Uh, but it gives like an apocalypse-like feel like uh, those movies do uh, when the people vanish. And it, it this teaser is a billion times better than the trailer, and it seems clear, like Ben said, that it's not just the next day or an hour later. I have a feeling a year or two has passed in between these movies. And uh, it it did it for me. I don't want to see anything else. You do not need to. We all know there probably will be another two-minute trailer or something like that. But if this is going to be the vibe of even like the first half of the movie, I'm so in. This is the perfect type of dark, gritty adult you know, comic book movie that I've been waiting for. And uh, it's good to have a take like that instead of, you know, people's complaint for years was uh, there's no stakes with Marvel movies. There's no stakes. Uh, This teaser seems to indicate there's been a hell of a lot at stake. There's a lot of stakes. Oh man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't need anything else. Like the, the screen grabs alone from this are enough to spark speculation until April. And I think that's what, like, a good teaser, a good trailer should do, is it should generate conversation without giving away too much of the story. It didn't do that, but it gave away enough to give you the vibes and impressions of something that is very different from anything else that we've seen. And I'm with you. I'm ready for for different. I've been ready for a long time. If you've heard any previous episodes of IPC, I've been ready for a paradigm shift where... You know, Thanos's victory actually leaves repercussions on the rest of the world and the rest of the universe in some capacity. This is definitely showing that impact on planet Earth. And, you know, even if that's the only place where we're seeing the impact, that's enough. Like, we're, we're definitely getting a different sensation here. And like you said, Sean, even if it's only for a portion of the film until they figure out what to do next, I am going to be eating up those minutes of despair as long as I possibly can. And it may be for a long time because the projections say this movie could be over three hours. That's what that's the current cut is that they're that they're looking at. And there's people like there's rumors about, oh, there's going to be a, a, a intermission and stuff like that. Nah, hey, that's what, that's what the, Kevin Smith suggests, three hours and 15 minutes. That's, and if I that's mean, the case, wow. That, that's, that's what, that's what movie. they did with older movies, you know, like uh, The Sound of Music, My Fair Lady, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Gods and Generals was like a four-hour movie, but they did a, a break in between. Uh, I would be okay with like a like a miniature cliffhanger and like 10-minute break. Everybody get up, stretch your legs, go to the bathroom, go to the concession stand, and then be back in time for, you know, the, the resuming of it. And just play some of the Avengers film score, like, underneath or something for a few minutes. People can stretch their legs, they can talk about what's happened so far, blah, 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 and then get back to it. I'd, I'd be okay with that. I just gotta make sure to block out enough time for the entire thing, you know? It's a pretty big commitment when you're talking about, 
that long of a movie compounded with, you know, nearly a half hour of trailers you're going to have to watch before that. Yeah, but I just, I love the fact that they're not showing much. And apparently the idea, at least now, is to only show footage from the first 15, 20 minutes. I don't think they're going to keep that up. I don't think they're going to be able to because trailers just, for the sake of being trailers these days, they usually show a lot. They usually give you a, a brief you know, summation of what the plot's going to be in every movie. And the the whole plot of this movie is very spoilery. It's a big deal. If you've, if you've seen the stuff out there of what this, tra- of this, what is going to, what this movie is involving and what they're going to be doing. Um, so, but I hope we don't see any of that. I hope they keep it on Lind, you know, show us the devastation, keep it as this epilogue for infinity war and then get us hyped up for what's coming next. I'm very hyped. I, <laughs> I'm I'm already very very hyped. Uh, I'm still curious about what they're going to do with Far From Home, but I'm not going to worry about that just yet. You know, that's not something that's not yeah. something we need to talk about tonight. We didn't get a teaser for Far From Home during the Super Bowl, so that's not something we're going to talk about. Um, but potentially something we'll talk about next week. Who knows? Um, we are uh, a, a little bit. On a, uh, on a bit of a time crunch this evening, unfortunately. I know we're not even an hour and a half in, but you know, given what we've seen so far, we've talked about all of the big trailers, um, but there were other advertisements and stuff like that that happened this year as well. One in particular that I think we just need to pay attention to due to the time crunch is the crossovers that happened between uh, Bud Light and a couple of big franchises, namely... Lord of the Rings, and then the direct, immediate crossover, like it was a literal crossover, to Game of Thrones. Um, I enjoyed the fellowship aspect of the first trailer that, you know, reminded me of the Fellowship of the Ring and things like that, and the the carrying of the corn syrup to Miller Light and Coors Light and all that. That was pretty funny. Uh, the Bud Knight getting electrocuted. But the, the second one that came out that was a direct tie into Game of Thrones... It was so cleverly done, in my opinion, because you didn't even need an actual Game of Thrones teaser in the Super Bowl. All you had to do was include some footage and some music and just use that to remind people that Game of Thrones is on the horizon. They didn't even need a teaser, and I still got excited for the the series finale. It was brilliant advertising on both parties. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's great. I'm not even a fan of Game of Thrones or Bud Light, but I'm, like this. Was I'm cool. not a fan of Bud Light either, but I'm a fan of the Dilly Dilly universe, and the fact that it just crossed over with Westeros was actually pretty awesome. Sage, I know you're a fan of Game of Thrones as well. You and I are launching a, a Game of Thrones podcast uh, this Monday, actually, which is pretty exciting. Um, what was your take on on this ad? Uh, I loved it. You could tell some of the footage was recycled, which is fine, but the way they presented it was amazing. It's all about presentation. Yeah, you you had the mountain in his old armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had Drogon, which was taken from the uh, the Season 7 clip. But then you also had a callback to the mountain's... uh, Spoiler alert here, Ben. Sorry if you ever decide to watch it. (laughs) What happens with the Viper? And uh, just the way they presented it in a... I've seen it in I've a comedic way uh, is just I loved it. It was my favorite. Endgame was number two for me out of all the things I've seen. I'm just so into Game of Thrones right now that 
uh the couple of times it came on i was uh smiling like the joker i, I can't wait bring on Dude, season eight. i i rewound it and watched it again and, and then when in when like when the game resumed and stuff i went online and watched it again like this is probably the most watched ad that i that i saw this year because the music was great the the use of the pyrotechnics was amazing the the used footage the way they blended it with the story from the dilly dilly verse like it was just all so creative and so well done i loved every minute of it and you know what to help you all uh enjoy it just a little bit we're actually going to use this as tonight's quote of the night so instead of us uh talking about it we're gonna devote the next few seconds to you guys listening to it so we're gonna shut up we're gonna let them talk for a little bit Enjoy tonight's quote of the night from the Dilly Dilly Westeros universe. It's a beautiful day for a joust. Indeed. Sun's out. Got my lucky loincloth, cold Bud Light, comfy throne. I don't have the plague anymore. Look, it's the Bud Light! Dilly Dilly! You, hold my beer. You, hold my other beer. Whoops. <laughs> One more. All right, let's tap this keg. Man, just listening to it again gets me even more excited for this thing. I am so, so ready for this series, and I'm so ready for Call the Banners. If you are a fan of Game of Thrones and you want an examination of the famous houses and the not-so-famous houses, we're launching that on the Fandom Cantina Network this coming Monday. Sean and I are with some other special guests and uh, contributors. So if you want to have like a Game of Thrones discussion leading up to the Game of Thrones series finale, then be sure to go check that out and search for Call the Banners on Facebook. Uh, we'll be doing some discussions and stuff on there as well. So that should be really, really exciting. We launched that this Monday night. Uh, Game of Thrones is really fun, and this show is really fun, but we couldn't do this show without our patrons. So a special thank you and a shout-out to Joey Mays, Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Parker Ott. They help keep this show running, and we could not do what we do without them. Uh, since this episode is under two hours, we're just going commercial-free tonight for you guys. We're not going to do a commercial break, no interludes, no special things like that. Uh, this one is dedicated to our patrons. Thank you guys for all that you do. And if you want to become a patron, then go check out patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. If you want to find other episodes of this podcast, you can find it on iTunes and Google Play and StarWarsUnderworld.com. They are proud partners of this podcast. But the best way to find it is on Podbean. That is ipcpodcast.podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. 
We've got our entire library at your disposal over there, so be sure to go check that out. Listen to other discussions of previous Super Bowls or just uh, other trailer reactions that we've done, movie reactions that we've done, and commentaries and the like. Everything is there at your disposal. Just go search for IPC Podcast on your preferred platform. Speaking of platforms, go find us on all the social media platforms. You can find the IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. And you can follow the hosts personally on Twitter and Instagram as well. You can find me on the social webs at Zach, Z-A-C underscore D-F-W. You can find Ben on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Hart with no E. Just spell it out phonetically. Sage, if the folks at home want to find you, should they just follow the Fandom Cantina and we go from there? What's the best way to keep up with you? Yeah, man, www.facebook.com slash Fandom Cantina. Uh, as you said, we had called the banners a 17-week miniseries for Game of Thrones. Starts Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. There's a bunch of us a part of that. Uh, Game of Thrones Deathpool and uh, Rebel, who you know, and myself have a, a, a show starting that's uh, much in the vein of IPC, and it's actually inspired by you guys. So thank you for that, and that starts February 20th wow. over at TFC. So. Wow, that's... That's very humbling, man. Uh, it's it's always nice to know that, that the work is noticed and that uh, other people want to, to follow a similar thread to what we're doing. Obviously, we won't claim to have it down perfectly, but to, uh, to have inspired is inspiring in itself. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to find merchandise for IPC, you can find that at tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. If you don't want to be a monthly patron, you could probably just make a one-time purchase, find a t-shirt or stickers or mugs, notebooks, pillows even. Uh, we got a lot of awesome stuff there as well. Before we close for the night, we got one more segment that we got to bring in. We got to do it every week, even though we're running out of time, we're still going to squeeze this puppy in there. So ladies and gentlemen, we just told you where to find us on social media. Now it's time to put it to good use. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or CastBox, StarWarsUnderworld.com, or ipcpodcast.podbean.com, then get out your hashtags on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and everything else in between. It is time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Okay, so it's pretty obvious what tonight's topic is going to be about. Uh, we just talked about all the Super Bowl commercials, and obviously people eat during the Super Bowl. That's one of the biggest traditions. And Ben, you work in a barbecue restaurant. So can, can you uh -huh. just talk to us for a minute or two about the craziness that is involved in working at a restaurant during Super Bowl season? I imagine you guys got a ton of orders leading up to the big game. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. In fact, the, uh, the last week's episode went up on Monday morning um, because I just didn't have time <laughs> to, to edit it that day. Um, we weren't quite as busy as I expected. We could have been maybe a bit busier, but still, it's always a big deal for Super Bowl, as Super Bowl Saturday as it is for us, and, and Sunday. Sunday, I don't know how Sunday would be if we were actually open on Sunday, because I think a lot of people are kind of ordering in pizza, stuff like that. I know pizza places are just jammed on Super Bowl Sunday, um, but for us, it's a huge deal. It wasn't as big of a deal, but because 
this is Saints country. This is New Orleans Saints country down here. Even mm, though I'm in Mississippi, fair. that's the closest team. That's as close as we get to a National Football League team down here. And uh, as I said off the top, Saints got robbed. <laughs> I'm sorry, they just did, and uh, people are down here are not happy, not happy at all. So uh, it wasn't as big a deal. I think some people, I know several friends who just flat out boycotted the Super Bowl, didn't watch it. Um, I don't blame them, but uh, I think some people, well, most people, were probably still like, eh, well, you know, it's Super Bowl, whatever, you gotta watch it. So you know, it, it's still the whole thing around it, and yeah, it's it's a big business boom you know it really is it, it helps us a lot so and especially back when the saints did go to the super bowl a few years ago for the first time ever that was oh nuts. i can imagine that was that was amazing and it was it really was like this coming of age because you know everyone knows kind of the story of new orleans and we all got hit by katrina down here but new orleans got hit pretty yeah. hard and them coming back out of that and getting to go to the super bowl and i love the whole reactions because like the saints would have I mean, admittedly, were a joke for so long. They were such a horrible team. Um, my dad gave up on them before I was even born. Like, he got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm just terrible. They called them the Aints. That's how bad they were. I remember that. And, and I loved that they, you know, the typical New Orleans, like the, the festive um, funerals that they have in New Orleans where they have this big celebration, they have a parade, something like that. They had a funeral for the Aints. They officially buried the Aints after the Super Bowl back in the day. So that was fun. And I think thing, and they would have made it this year if it hadn't been for that, 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 uh, that referee, which, oh my God, that guy, I don't know how he's still alive, but, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, Good luck next year, Saints. But yeah, they're at least they're contenders now. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting around here this time of year, regardless. So if it's not the Super Bowl, what would you say is your busiest time? Oh, the, absolutely. The busiest day of the year is the day before Mother's Day. Interesting, because you don't want you Mother- don't want mom to cook. So you order out. Exactly. Exactly. Mother's Day is the big. Actually, you know what? I will take that back. Mother's Day is the second busiest day of the year. The first, the number one busiest day of the year. I've talked about it many times. I was of about to say, 4th of, 4th of July, July sounds like it would be a great day for barbecue. But 4th of July is absolutely, that's the day. We don't, we don't even open here, normally speaking. We open, we, everything that we cook that day is sold before we open the Dang. Doors. That's how busy Dang, we are. Dang, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, well, so. I don't know what you guys usually eat on, the, on Super Bowl Sunday, but barbecue sounds like a pretty great option to me. Uh, if you uh, have a particular tradition, maybe write us at IPC Podcast and let us know what you prefer to uh, to have on Super Bowl Sunday or uh, what type of holidays you do prefer to have your barbecues on. But I do think we're running short on time tonight, so we'll use that as our social media prompt of the week. Let us know, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it on next week's episode. Uh, it was a little condensed, and it was a little rushed towards the end, but Sean, thank you for legging out this episode with us. Always great to have you on, and I'm looking forward to launching Call the Banners with you in just a couple of days. Yeah, man, can't wait. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always great. It's always a lot of fun. And Ben, uh, I know that sometimes we get put in a crunch, but I uh, just feel it's worth expressing. I enjoy doing this with you, man, and I'm looking forward to all the weeks we've got to come. Oh, it's a pleasure as always, and thanks, Sean, for joining us once again. It's fun to talk about these trailers, and we've got a whole lot of stuff to be excited about over the next 11 months. It's going to be great. We've got a very jam-packed 2019. If you haven't heard, our schedule is fairly busy. (laughs) 
pretty dang booked. But uh, I think we're going to put this one in the books, metaphorically and physically. I'm going to call it episode 224 is now officially over and done with, slash in the books. For Sage from the Phantom Cantina and Ben from the Star Wars Underworld slash IPC, I am Zach from IPC slash Call the Banners. Wishing you all a good night and good fortune, and we're going to close the evening with this fortune cookie of a final thought. A great student is what the teacher hopes to be. And we hope to see you next time right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. Sacrifice that we